0: Welcome to the Granary Church podcast. We're happy you could join us. For more information on the Granary Church, head to granary.org.au or follow our socials at the Grainery Church. So welcome everyone. Happy Mother's Day. It's great to have everyone here today. Um, you're starting off your day celebrating Mother's Day by worshipping the Lord. And that's such a beautiful way to start because the heart of a mother is the heart of God. And uh, we need to remind ourselves that sometimes um, women who get leadership roles, such as me, there's always this, um, I've noticed over the years, there's this thing, if you're a woman in leadership, particularly a few years ago, there was a pressure to sort of try to lead like a man. And you don't have to, because you're not a man, you're a woman. And it's because um, I think over the years, women haven't seen, they think, well, I've got to be like a man to be able to do this really, really well. And uh, remember, we're all created in the image of God, every one of us. And together we make the heart of God, men and women together. And so I, I'm really passionate about women celebrating being women and, uh, and loving what God has placed in us so that we can do whatever we're called to do, whether it's lead or do whatever, that we do it with the heart of God and recognize that what he's placed in us is just as amazing as what he's placed in us. The men we love the men, so I don't want to be ever be competition between men and women to to light in what we see each in each other, and uh, to know that together we make we represent the heart of God, and then in each individual man, each individual woman, there is even more something there about the heart of God. And together as the church, we represent the heart of God. And that's just such a profound thing. Just so beautiful. And so today, even though I may be speaking to the women, if you are not a woman, uh, which means you're a man, I'd love you to be here with this attitude of understanding um, how you can be someone who encourages and prays and blesses the women in your life. And, um, and so today, I want to speak about, about Deborah. Now, Deborah is a leader of Israel about 1100 BC, which is a long time ago now. And um, we don't talk about Deborah a lot, but I was always struck by Deborah when I first became senior pastor of this church because here's an outstanding female leader of a nation 1100 years before Jesus was born. And uh, there's, she's, you hear read about her in the book of Judges, chapter 4 and 5, and we're going to look at some of that today. But as we do, I want to relate this. She was called a mother in Israel, and so I particularly want to speak to mothers, and some of us are biological mothers, but I know that there are adoptive mothers and um, foster mothers and spiritual mothers, and we have grandmothers and aunts and so many of us who get to sow into the lives of people. But one thing I know as a mother is that when you give birth to someone, Uh, There's a lot of pain that goes into that and that pain is forgotten almost immediately when you see that child and so much so that when you go to have the next one until the pain starts again you forget. Does anyone relate to that? Hmm. And uh, particularly when I had my fourth one after a gap I just remember it starting I think oh that's right (laughs) I'd forgotten this this is this is bad but It's so worth it. And then this connection happens with that child that never goes away. All parents will relate to that. I remember when I was in my late 30s standing with my kids and my dad gave me a hug and said, my little girl. And they looked at dad and they said, little girl, um, because they thought 30 something was really old. And um, he said, well, she may be your mother, but she's always my little girl. And anyone who is a parent knows that feeling. It doesn't matter. Its Age is not the thing where you don't think that they're, they're your babies anymore because there is this connection. And I believe that connection is something God has planted in each of us that just doesn't give up on people. There may be pain and sorrow through the years. There may be concerns and worries. And if you didn't have that connection, you would give up. You would run away. But God has placed that in there because that's his heart. He never gives up on us. And that's such a good thing. He always shows us grace. He always shows us love. And so we need to celebrate that heart. And sometimes that heart brings a lot of pain to you. But if you can look at that pain as being the pain of the heart of God for the people that you love and you bring it to him, um, just as um, Stu and Gabby have been singing about, there's always hope. I mean, we don't give up there's always hope I believe that's what God wants to put into our hearts and um, I was listening to um, Tim Costello earlier this week and he was talking about the fact that there is no word in Hebrew language for tragedy it comes from the Greek and Romans the word tragedy there is lament because you can be sad but there's always hope That's amazing. There's always hope. And I I want us to leave with that today. Whatever you're going through, you might be in the best season of life and you think, yes, I know there's always hope because, you know, when you're the best season of life, you you think, yes, everything is great. But you might be in a a dark season of life and uh, you may feel like things are hopeless. But I want you to know that there is always hope and that you as a mother, particularly mothers I'm talking to today, are called to be bearers of hope. It's a key thing. You are called to be bearers of hope. So what will happen is things go around you in the world, but you need this confidence inside you that there is always hope because the world will be always up and down and you can't control it, which is why life gets exhausting because you can't control it. But if you can have the stillness inside and there's always hope, you'll be a generator of hope to the generations around you, which is what we're called to do. So the story of Deborah, starting in Judges chapter 4, It says Sisera, the commander of his army, was based in Harasheth Haggaiim. Because he had 900 chariots fitted with iron and had cruelly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years, they cried to the Lord for help. So just to understand what happens, has happened here, Israel has been oppressed by this foreign nation and the leader is a guy called Sisera and he is really, really bad. So think of um. The wicked, bad leaders that you know of currently and in the past around the world and start to think of something like that. Doesn't care about people, just wants to conquer. Now, Deborah, the prophet, a prophet, the wife of Lapidoth, was leading Israel at that time. She held court under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites went up to her to have their disputes decided. She sent for Barak, son of Abinoam, from Kedesh in Naphtali and said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, go take with you 10,000 men of Naphtali and Zebulun and lead them up to Mount Tabor. I will lead Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his troops to the Kishon River and give him into your hands. Barak said to her, If you go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. Jumping down to verse 14, Then Deborah said to Barak, Go, this is the day the Lord has given Sisera into your hands. Has not the Lord gone ahead of you? So Barak went down Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him. At Barak's advance, the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and army by the sword, and Sisera got down from his chariot and fled on foot. And it says in Judges 5, 7, "Villages in Israel would not fight. They held back until I, Deborah, arose, until I arose, a mother in Israel. And I believe that's what God's calling you to do today, to arise as a mother wherever you may be planted. And where she was planted at that time was not fun. So she's got a nation that's living under the oppression of this wicked man who's got 900 chariots. So he's strong, he's powerful, he's cruel, and she is the mother. Now, sometimes you will be the mother in delightful situations, which is what happens at the end of the story. But at this stage, she's the mother in a Very tricky situation. And regardless of your situation, this is what I want to draw three things of her that are significant. Because if you can get this on the inside, and I want to talk about the inside of you today, not the outside. Sometimes we focus so much, even in prayer, on our outside circumstances. And I believe God wants to look at the heart on the inside, because it's the heart on the inside that wields the greatest power to the outside. And so if the heart on the inside is not strong, then things around you won't be strong either. You see that all through the Gospels, say when um, the disciples are in the boat and uh, there's this huge storm coming, this huge storm there and Jesus is asleep in the boat and he gets up and calms the storm and says, what was wrong, where was your faith? And you see the comparison? The disciples who were saying, don't you care, we're going to die? And Jesus is asleep. So his heart on the inside is, it's okay. And their heart is, we're going to die. And he calmed the storm and everything was okay. And they didn't have to be as afraid as they were. And I believe God is saying to you, you don't have to be afraid. Whatever it is you're sitting here today with, and I really believe that's the word for someone today, you don't have to be afraid. There may be a storm raging around you, but God is today going to deal with your inner heart. And so the first thing about Deborah is that she knew the ways of the Lord. She knew his ways. It says in um, Deuteronomy, this is about Moses, the Israelites said to Moses when he was the leader, go yourself and listen to what the Lord our God says, then come and tell us everything he tells you and we will listen and obey. So they said to Moses, you go and listen to him, then come and tell us what he says. And in Psalm 103, verse 7, it writes about that. It says, he made known his ways. This is God made known his ways to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. So a lot of people can know the deeds of God. In other words, that's what he does. So you can see God do transforming things in people's lives. You may have seen God heal people. You may have seen God restore relationships. You may have seen God provide blessing and finances when you need them. You may have seen it happen. And this is what it's saying about the people of Israel knew his ways. They'd seen really, really good things happen. And you can actually be someone who is, a follower of Jesus involved in a church and you can see things you can sit here and someone can get up and tell you their amazing story about what God did in their life and you can even talk about it but the difference between them and Moses was that Moses knew his ways he actually to know someone's ways you actually have to be intimately acquainted with them so I look at my husband and I've seen him do some really amazing things in life and um you know, you can say, wow, you did this, you achieved this, you led this, and, and people do say that. But I actually know his ways. And I've been um, astounded with some of the wisdom that I hear come out of his mouth and I see his patience and his kindness and I see because I, I have discussions with him where I know his heart and I know his ways. And I know why things go well for him because I know his ways. I know them really, really well because I sit and I talk with him and I spend lots of time with him. And so you can be the same. You can look at what God is doing and think this is amazing. But I would say from Graham, my husband, I've learnt a lot. He says something, I think, oh, do you really think that? I just remember him saying once when he was doing something that wasn't succeeding, it wasn't succeeding, and someone said to him, do you wish you'd never done that? And he said, oh, well, I would if it was the end of the story, but it's not the end of the story. I said do you really think that yes absolutely total peace in his heart so he was looking at the situation and I thought I want to be like that that was one of his ways his ways of trusting in God and so when you come to know God really intimately you and you know his ways you can look at situations around you and think oh this looks bad but I know the ways of God I know that he doesn't give up on us. I know that his victory will always win. I know that it says in Romans eight twenty eight, all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. I know this. I know the ways of God. I know that Jesus died on the cross and his disciples watching it thought this must be the worst thing that could ever happen and nothing good could come out of this nothing you know you hear people say well God will bring good out of it and if you were standing at the foot of the cross if you were his mother standing at the foot of, kneeling at the foot of the cross weeping at the foot of the cross and someone tapped you on the shoulder and said don't worry something good will come out of this you would not have believed them and you would have thought they were rude and inconsiderate. And you may be facing a situation like that today. You may think, no, you don't know my story. Nothing good will come out of this. Nothing good. But I believe Mary knew the ways as well. And so she didn't give up. There was a few little, a little group of people standing, kneeling at the foot of the cross, and they didn't know what it was going to be, but they knew the ways of the Lord. And who would have thought that three days later, the stone would roll away and Jesus would rise from the dead Who would have thought that Jesus would then ascend into heaven and send his Holy Spirit so that every person on the planet has the ability to be filled with his spirit and know his ways? Who would have thought? And so I say to you, if you know the ways of the Lord, you don't know exactly what he's going to do, but you do know that he is the God who raises people from the dead. Therefore, he's the God who can breathe life into any situation that you are facing. And the world needs mothers who know that on the inside. Because otherwise they react to the circumstances around them rather than bringing peace and hope into the circumstance. And so we have to ask ourselves, am I one who is buffeted around by the storms of life that every day um, my inner mood is determined by the outward circumstances? Or am I one who knows intimately the ways of the Lord and I have that peace and calm in my heart whether there's a storm raging or a still glass-like lake around me? And to get that, it doesn't happen overnight. As I was reading in a book yesterday about um, systems and habits, there is no such thing as an overnight success. So anyone who's, um, he was, this guy was telling the story about the British cycling team who were so hopeless that cycling companies didn't want to sell them their bikes or their gear because it was, would give their company a bad reputation. That's how hopeless they were. And then they got a new coach and he just started changing tiny, tiny little things one step at a time, just looking not just, at, not just their training, what they ate, how much they slept, what they wore, the aerodynamics of what they wore, just tiny little things, imperceptible for a few years and no one really noticed the change until a British guy won the Tour de France and then Britain won it six years in a row. And they started to get Olympic gold medals. One of the Olympics, they got, say, like 70% of the gold medals. And it was started with little, 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 little. If you want to know the ways of the Lord, it's not just going to happen today. Well, the Holy Spirit can fall on you and you can start to know the ways of the Lord. But the next day and the next day and the next day and the next day, you need to practice listening to the Holy Spirit so you know the ways of the Lord. It's not going to be overnight success. It's going to be step by step by step by step so that you can be a mother to your own children, but a mother to the church, a mother to the younger generations as they come up, regardless of how old you are. Until the Lord calls you home, you can be a mother to people around you who knows the ways of the Lord. And I believe that's the woman that God is looking for in our church. That's the women he's looking for, who will continually know his ways, not just know his deeds and what he does, but actually know his heart, know what he thinks, know what he dreams of, know what he desires, know his power so that you can bring that that calm and confidence into people's lives to know the ways of the Lord. And no one's going to do it for you. You can't blame anyone. You can't say, well, it was my family, it was the church, it was this or that. I've got to find a better church. So I remember as a teenager when I started to learn the ways of the Lord, I was in a tiny little church that hardly had any young people. It wasn't so much the church. It was me just connecting with Jesus. It's as simple as that. Otherwise, how do people who are in prison for their faith for 20 years keep knowing the ways of the Lord? So it's, a, it's a, just, a, just a habit you set up every Well, We'll know the ways of the Lord and you decide you'll do it. You put it in your calendar and you just do it. And then God will show you his ways. Secondly, she understood servant leadership. Now, actually, a little bit of the passage I didn't bring out, didn't read actually for some reason, was this. When she comes in, she says, okay, Barak, this is what God's told you is going to happen. This is what God is telling you. So she knew his ways. She knew what God was saying. She knew what to say. You're going to go now. And if you do this now, you're going to win the battle and the whole nation will be set free. And he actually says to her, if you don't go with me, I'm not going. That's how much confidence he had in it. If you don't go, I'm not going. And she says, well, it's up to you. If you go and do it yourself, you'll get all the glory for the victory. If I go... I'll get the glory and the glory will go to a woman, she says. He goes, that's all right, I want you to go with me. And so she goes with him. And what I see in this, which is quite amazing, is she's not in it for the glory. She, wants to see, she actually wants to see him win the battle. God's given her this. So she's there, she's listening to the ways of the Lord. She tells him what he needs to do and she's happy to send him off and let him get all the glory just because she wants to see people delivered and set free. Have you ever been in a meeting where someone says, mm, I've got this really good idea, and someone says, I had that idea first. It's like, "Who's like, well, it's actually God's idea, you know, and sometimes we have to understand you, as Theo was saying, you're born into this world and you're given this life, and the life is not for you to get the glory, it's for God to get the glory. So you just have to know his ways and then bring this life into the world and you get the privilege of seeing God honoured and glorified and you're able to step back and say that was amazing I know that wasn't me that was just the privilege of seeing God work in me and through me and she has this privilege of seeing God work in her and through her but he says no I don't want to go without you so she goes she goes and they win it's all really good but the interesting thing is in Hebrews 11 this is like ages later back over to the New Testament um, this is mentioned there's Hebrews 11 is uh, about it's recounting the stories of people of faith through the ages to inspire us to be like them and have a look at this in 11:32, it says and what more shall I say I do not have the time to tell about Gideon Barak Zansom and Jephthah about David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms administered justice and gained what was promised so they conquered kingdoms, which is what happened. They administered justice, which was what was happened, and they gained what was promised, which is what happened. But her name's not there. Barak's name is there. But she actually led them into battle, and she's not there. I don't think she cares at all, particularly not today. I don't think she cares. And so we have to ask ourselves, do you care about the glory? Or do you care most about seeing the people that God has entrusted with you, to you winning in life? Ask yourself that question. If, you, if you're upset because no one noticed that you actually had that idea and you actually did that, only you know that. But that would maybe indicate that it's, you're a little bit about the glory and not about seeing the people in your life flourish. And you're just happy to sit back and say, Thank you, God that you taught me your ways and I was able to bring them into these people's lives and I've seen them flourish and I am satisfied. I am satisfied for the privilege that you filled me with your spirit and taught me your ways. And now she's rejoicing. And I would just like to remind you that she led them into battle, even though it's not written in Hebrews 11. And thirdly, she was confident in the power of God. She was confident in the power of God. She could say this go, this is the day the Lord has given Sisera into your hands. Has not the Lord gone ahead of you? She was really confident in that power. Now you've got to understand when she's saying this, there's this cruel wicked army around. But she was very confident enough to say, go, this is the day, this is the day. She didn't say, look, I've got this feeling that maybe if you go today, it's going to work out, maybe, Um, and you go, I'm not going with you. She was ready to put her life on the line too with this. She didn't hang back because she was afraid, saying, if you go and you die, then I know I got it wrong. But anyway, that's okay. I'll still be here to lead the nation. She was confident. I'll go with you. I'm, go- I'm happy to go at the front because I know with all my heart that this is the day that the Lord is going to give you victory. I know this. You have to know the ways of the Lord to do that. Do you know the ways of the Lord? And The, this, the reason I believe she knows the ways of the Lord is um, there's a song in Judges chapter 5 a song of victory and in the song of victory the song of victory kind of recounts the story of what happened and it says this listen to the village musicians gathered at the watering holes they recount the righteous victories of the Lord and the victories of his villages in Israel then the people of the Lord march down to the city gates wake up Deborah wake up wake up wake up and sing a song You know, we've been singing songs today of victory and I truly believe that the heart that knows the ways of the Lord and the heart that has um, this servant leadership attitude will sing songs of praise regardless of the circumstance because it says that in the Psalms that God inhabits, he dwells in the praises of his people and if God dwells in those praises, if you are a woman who praises constantly regardless of the circumstance, God actually inhabits he dwells he lives in those praises and you are ushering his power into that situation firstly you're bringing his power into your heart when you praise him regardless of what you're going through you praise him because you know his ways you start to bring his power into that situation so this I I believe that this song wake up Deborah wake up and sing is a cry to all of us wake up women wake up and start singing you may be facing all sorts of things, but God is saying to you to wake up and start singing songs of praise. Whether your situation is good or whether it's not, you are placed here. Um, as Theo was saying, so you've been given this life and you've been given a life and, to, and you've been given people to love. And some of them are loving you back amazingly and some of them aren't. And some of them are flourishing in life and some of them aren't. And some of them look great and everyone says, what an amazing son or daughter, and some of them no one talks about. And that's the reality. But the thing is you have been, you gave birth to them and you are called to love them in the good times and the bad. And praise God that's what he does for you and me. If he only loved me when I was good, then I I was lost a long time ago. You have to remember that, the grace of God towards us all, which never gives up. And you are called to love. And if the situation is dark, God knows that, that you have the strength and the courage in him to keep praising and bring good into that situation. You're actually called to it. And what we often do is say, God, I don't like this change. And he's saying, no, just ask me my ways and start praising and bring the power into the situation. That's all you have to do. And so I believe God is saying to all of us, wake up. Wake up and start singing songs of praise. And I read this from a lady called Sherry Cothran about the women who praised in the scriptures. And she says, when we think about the Bible, we don't often think of the beauty and power of songs, especially by women. Though there are nearly 200 songs in the Bible, some of the most powerful ones are created by these three women, Hannah, Deborah and Mary. What makes them so special? They teach us how to sing our faith into existence by envisioning God's action in a song. So look at the heart of God and start singing that, singing praises, singing it into existence. It's classically known as praise. But the word itself is deceiving. It brings to mind joy, beauty, ease or happiness. But their songs of praise tell us a different story. Praise is hard. That's what makes it so powerful. These women do the gritty, scrappy, world-ordering work of praise in their songs. And it's what makes them world-changing. Praise is hard because it must be uttered over and against evidence that points to the contrary. It's much easier to believe the evidence that the world is a horrible place than to speak the good news that it is not. To praise God in a world where we see so much trouble is a radical act, but that's exactly what faith is: praising God in adverse conditions. This is how the world has changed, because praise not only heals it us, it heals the world too. The women of the Bible who sang God's powerful and healing love into the world weren't the product of warm, fuzzy, comfortable societies. But the three women whose songs changed the world, Hannah, Deborah and Mary, coloured outside of the lines, not because they were seeking attention for themselves but because God asked them to. They simply responded to a calling from on high. Deborah's song tells of an impossible victory that she commands with her vision, grit and military prowess as the right arm of God on earth. The songs of women are special because they are uttered from hearts that know of sacrifice and oppression, hearts that are well acquainted with sorrow and the impossible, hearts that have experienced the pain of rejection, women who didn't settle for being the victims of an unfair system, who didn't believe the victim narrative but rose up out of it through God's strength to share the truthfulness of God's mighty power with the world. And that, I believe, is what God is calling us to be people who are calm on the inside who know his ways and will sing his praises until we see his victory come into existence for those that we love for those He has entrusted into our care so that we will rejoice when we will see we will see and we can declare that there's a beautiful psalm that says I will see his goodness in the land of the living sometimes we say well don't worry when you die it's going to be great no there's a psalm that says I will see his goodness in the land of the living And you can sing that all day if you want to. In Judges chapter 5, verse 3, Deborah says this, Listen, you kings, and pay attention, you mighty rulers, for I will sing to the Lord. I will make music to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the, the mighty kings and rulers we're talking about today are the principalities and powers of darkness. And you as a woman are called to rise up and say this, Listen, you kings, listen, you mighty rulers. I will sing to the Lord. I will make music to the Lord, the God of Israel. And so today, what I'm encouraging us to do, particularly as women, but all of us, but I'm speaking to the mothers today, is to ask God to fill our heart with a new song, a song of praise, a song of declaration that we would be mighty warriors with kindness and grace and love. Mighty does not have to be angry. Mighty does not have to be mean. Mighty can be filled with kindness. It's actually the kindness of God that leads us to repentance, sometimes showing grace, the hardest thing to do to hang on with grace and that's what God does for us and so today when you go out we have these beautiful little cards of declaration that are based on different psalms and these are for the mums to take home and choose one or there's some blank ones where you can say no this is my declaration today and I'm going to take this and declare this and take it frame it pin it up somewhere, hang it somewhere, put it in your Bible and that you get the song of praise in your heart every day, regardless of your circumstances, you become a mighty warrior who sings God's victory into existence. They say things like this from Luke 137, for with God, nothing is impossible. I'm a woman who sees the impossible become possible. From Psalm 46, one, I rely on the Lord to be my refuge and my strength. From Psalm 27:13, "I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living." Psalm 34 verse 7. "My family and I are guarded, surrounded and defended by the angel of the Lord, and 1 Thessalonians 5:16 to 18. "I will rejoice, pray, and give thanks. I will. I will. The, the will part is really important. I will. Otherwise, you will only ever know the ways of, of the, the deeds of the Lord, and you won't know His ways actually i just want to invite all the women in the room to stand i just want to pray for you all and uh because i believe when i all i'm sharing to you with you today is what i believe is in your hearts it's already there there's already a desire to be there but you need the strength to do it and uh, what i've learned in my life is no matter how much i want to do something i can't do it unless i say to god look you know i've said to god different times i want to praise you in this situation no I'm deciding to praise you in this situation. I don't even mean it and I don't really want to. And, uh, but I say, but if you will help me, I will do it. So no matter how fragile and broken you are, God wants to help you to fill your heart with a song of praise because you are called to bring his power and love into the world. So let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you for every amazing woman here that you dreamed of before time began and you brought into the world. And we thank you for the mothers that brought them into the world. We thank you that they've been given life and they've been given life from you. And I pray, Father, you'll fill each one afresh with your Holy Spirit today, that your life, blood, the life of your Holy Spirit will fill each one so that they may intimately know your ways, that they may hear your spirit, that they may have this firm trust in you, that whether they are sailing on a sea of glass, or battling through a wild storm, may their hearts be peaceful and confident in your love, in your victory, in your grace, in your strength, in your power. And may they be encouragers to one another. May they sing songs of praise to you and sing songs in the presence of one another and see victory because I believe you've called each one to bring your victory into the lives of the people that they love and that they will see your goodness in the land of the living. And Father, for all of us, I pray that your songs of victory will always be on our lips and that we will believe that you are a God who loves, who pours out grace and truth into this world and that in you we always have hope. We don't believe in tragedy. We believe in your goodness to overcome all things. In Jesus' name. Amen.